Hey folks, my name is Ike Morgan and we are down in Alabama. Now, we're literally down in Alabama covering as much news as we can from Lookout Mountain to Mobile Bay. And Down in Alabama is also the name of our show. We spend about three to five minutes daily going over a handful of news and culture stories that are a mix of the top stories and maybe the most overlooked stories and sometimes just the most Alabama stories of the day. There's not a strict definition of what the most Alabama stories of the day are, but you know them when you see them. So y'all come on by and give us a listen. And bring a sense of humor because we take the news seriously, but not ourselves. The show is called Down in Alabama, and we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts. For AL.com, I'm Ben Flanagan. This is Outbreak Alabama, stories from a pandemic. As the novel coronavirus wreaks havoc in Alabama and across the world, these are the stories of those seeking to survive the disease and its economic strain. It's an opportunity to get away from, I'm not going to say reality, but it's a distraction from day-to-day life that can be tough. And and knowing what Alabama and and sports means to uh, the fan base, you hate it for them that they're not able to enjoy that. Today, we hear from longtime Alabama sports broadcaster Chris Stewart. The absence of sports is felt throughout the United States, where spring sports were cut short nationwide, from amateur to pro. And with college football's future in doubt, the crisis will continue to weigh on the minds and spirits of Alabamians looking for glimmers of hope anywhere they can find them. Some coaches have expressed optimism that the football season will begin on time, while others, like Nick Saban, have adjusted their schedules accordingly and encouraged fans to stay aware and safe as things develop. I'm just trying to encourage people to do what they need to do and be responsible in terms of social distancing, staying at home whenever possible. This is a very uncertain time for a lot of people. Uh, It creates a lot of anxiety, but what we've tried to emphasize to people is, you know, not to worry, but to try to make good choices and decisions about what you do so you can stay safe and, um, you know, just hope and pray that uh, we can move out the other end of this Uh, sometime in the very near future. The NBA and Major League Baseball are doing all they can to restart their seasons safely. But in Alabama, where sports often reflect the cultures and identities of the fan bases, sports will continue to wait. Chris Stewart serves as play-by-play announcer for Alabama men's basketball and baseball, as well as football sideline reporter and host of the Nick Saban Show. Stewart suffered a stroke in April 2018 that required a long recovery, but was back courtside to call his 17th season of Alabama basketball games. He later had bypass surgery and then had an infection that further sidelined him for several months. Stewart would soon return to broadcasting, during the Alabama men's basketball and baseball seasons, much to the delight of Crimson Tide fans. But each was cut short by the coronavirus crisis. So first of all, how are you feeling? Yeah, feeling really good. Uh, I've still got been a little ways to go in terms of getting my, well, a good way to go in terms of getting my, my strength and my energy back to where it was before the bypass surgery and then the infection and everything that that almost took me. But uh, 
relatively speaking now, I'm doing incredibly well. Very blessed, very thankful, but got work to do. I've got to, I've got to get work done in terms of building strength back, and I've started that. I had to get to a certain healing process. I had a couple of wounds that, that I was still dealing with, and, and one of those, thankfully, the most painful one is healed. The one, the one on my chest is just about fully healed as well. And once that is done, I'll be, I'll have, uh, freedom to, to do more in terms of exercise. I've got a lot of time on my hands right now, obviously, like everybody else, but I haven't necessarily had the, um, the full go ahead to do that physically, but I, I feel like I'm very close and thankful that's the case. And once I, I get my strength back, then I'll, uh, I'll be good to go. That's great to hear. I know Alabama fans, especially during basketball season, were just thrilled, not just to hear your voice again calling games, but just to have you back in general out there and to see you out there doing what you love to do and what you're so good at. But it was obviously a much different march than everyone anticipated in the sports world. And and you were on the cusp of calling Alabama's first game in the SEC tournament before this all happened. So I wonder, what was it like finding out that they wouldn't tip off as we enter the earliest stages of this crisis? Yeah, it was very strange. I had done, actually, for the SEC radio network, the Ole Miss-Georgia game, the night before. Richard Williams, former Mississippi State coach who now does the color for Bulldog basketball, and Rick Barnes that he had said he had just spoken to and said, man, you know, why are we here? Their mood was that it just wasn't the right thing to do and it wasn't the safe thing to do. And he goes, I pretty much agree, but I'm, I'm the rookie. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it. He goes, I'll be surprised if we play. And so I finished that interview and it's about 30 minutes later. I'm, I'm standing there courtside. We're 10 minutes away from going on air and get the word that, nope, we're not going to play. And then it was a matter for me of not scrambling. But uh, I got to thinking, all right, you know, there's a nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. I was concerned we might get quarantined there. So I I got out of the building as quickly as I could, got back to the hotel, which was a, about a four-block walk, and threw stuff in a bag and checked out of the hotel and pointed the car back towards Birmingham to get home. Watched my then eight-year-old, he's now nine, but then my eight-year-old son play uh, – a baseball game that night because they went ahead and, and played, and I sat out in the right field by myself just to be safe and and enjoyed watching that game, never dreaming that that truly would be the last one that we'd see for the year, for the season. So it was, it was crazy for me just like it was everybody else. But, you know, there have been some bizarre things that I've encountered at that SEC tournament over the years, some good, some bad. The good was coming in the, the night before – Alabama played its first game in Atlanta against Georgia. Uh, my son, the youngest, was born uh, on a Tuesday, and we played on Thursday. And that was a, a special time, an emotional time, an exciting time for our, our family. But then there's also, and I was on the air the night the tornado struck the dome. As bizarre a situation as I've ever been a part of, to call that and to have that happen while you're on air, that was just unbelievable. But also... There had been a, in Atlanta, I can't remember if it was a couple of years before, I guess it was. I don't know if you recall, there was a horrible, horrible tragedy. A, a, a prisoner shot and killed a judge and a bailiff in courthouse in downtown Atlanta, a few blocks away from the Georgia Dome itself. And I woke up that, that morning, was actually doing morning radio in Tuscaloosa. And while I'm on the air from my room, I'm, I'm watching CNN and they're showing footage from this helicopter shooting downtown Atlanta. I go, boy, that looks close. 
and I literally turned and looked out the window, and there's the helicopter that was shooting the footage right outside. And so uh, I'm watching that, and then I get to the arena, and uh, everything's pretty much on lockdown. They're they're tight with security because there was this manhunt going on literally within blocks of, of where we were going to play. Just been some bizarre things that have happened in and around the SEC tournament, but nothing nothing any more bizarre than this where it actually gets canceled. You know, even with the tornado striking the dome, they still found a way to finish the tournament. Played it the next day at Georgia Tech. We finished our game with Mississippi State and, and unfortunately lost that one in OT, but the next day having that one for the tournament finish over the next two days at, at Georgia Tech with only well, you know less than half the arena full because they were limiting who could come in and watch and be a part of that. Just some crazy, crazy things. But that one this year to not even get to play after the game's on Wednesday night, have nothing else take place because of a virus, little did we know would, would be one of the most deadly and, and impactful things we've ever encountered in my lifetime. Just uh, awfully, awfully strange. Absolutely. And every day has been strange since then. And there's a lot of uncertainty ahead. But I wonder... What's the attitude been like at Alabama from your perspective? It's obviously hard for the players who don't get to finish their season the way that they had hoped to. And I know Beetle Bolden was the lone senior on the team. It's obviously tough for the players, coaching staff, and everyone involved. But again, what, what's the attitude been like from your perspective? You know, with it being year one, uh, and you're right, there was only the one senior who was a graduate transfer and not getting an extra year, but getting that final year and and look the reality was Alabama was going to have to win that tournament in order to to get into the NCAA they were probably going to have to win two games just to get an NIT bid there was nothing that was a given it's you're not sitting there in the in the boat that say Dayton was where you're going good grief this is a once in a generation type team and you're not even going to get to play you know Alabama knew that their finish line was not far uh, even though it came sooner than anticipated but you do hate it for Beetle that he didn't get to play at least one more game. I think for the program itself, you know, not that they were ready for it to be over, but I will simply say this, judging from what we've seen on the recruiting trail, that that staff has made the most of the time since the season ended, and they've done incredibly well making sure that next year there's a high level of anticipation for next season, assuming we're, we're out of the clear with this virus and able to actually have next season start on time and all of that, I think there's going to be a ton of excitement for Alabama basketball with, with what Nate Oates and his team will look like. Baseball-wise, I'm, I'm heartbroken for Brad Bohannon and, and his staff and those players because they had gotten off to one of the best starts in school history. It really turned a corner in his third year. Uh, now, the good news is that was primarily a young team. There's some key pieces that are veterans that you still don't know who's going to be back for next year, but baseball was sitting there at 16-1, and one, getting ready to start SEC play, and the likelihood of them being a regional team was very, very strong this year. And if you're in the SEC and you can get through the gauntlet of league play and then get to the postseason with a regional, your chances of playing for a while are actually pretty good. So it would have been great to see them get a chance to finish this season and see what all they could have accomplished. But I think Alabama baseball is going to be in a very, very good spot 12 months from now as well. We're working on a month now with no sports at all in the United States. And I wonder, how are you holding up through it as a broadcaster and a, and a fan? And 
How do you think that we've sort of handled it all down here in Alabama? Yeah, you know, Ben, I, it's a little tough for me to say as far as other people are handling it. I, I hate it for players and coaches first and foremost. They're the ones that have invested themselves the most. I hate it for fans. You know, it, it's an opportunity to get away from, re, I'm not going to say reality, but it's a distraction from from day-to-day life that can be tough and, and knowing what Alabama and, and sports means to uh, the fan base, you hate it for them that they're not able to enjoy that. But, you know, my perspective's probably different than most. Uh, when you, you spend three months in a hospital like I did to now being quarantined, if you want to call it, to your home uh, where I've, I've got freedom to, you know, I'm not in pain anymore. I can move around my house. Uh, I can go wherever I want to go within my home. I'm not, you know, stuck in a hospital bed like I was for 91 days. I don't, I can go outside. I can enjoy the weather right now and I can watch my kids play basketball and, you know, my son work on things with baseball as well. My nine year old, it's, it's very different for me. I'm not going to say that I am enjoying this time because that's not accurate, but I'm probably able to appreciate some aspects and elements of it more than I would have otherwise or more than I would have 12 months ago. What I'm grateful for and appreciative of is just a different thing entirely from before I ran into uh, my health issues two, two years ago with stroke, but now six, seven months ago, I guess it would be when I suffered the infection and, and had all the other issues after my bypass surgery. So it's, uh, it's just a little different for me now than it would have been. People are obviously eager to return to any semblance of normal life, whatever that will look like. And a lot of people believe that sports will eventually help us do that. But sites are now set on the looming college football season and if it's even a possibility. And, and there are national voices out there like Kirk Herbstreet and Mike Gundy and Dabo Swinney who've shared their thoughts, sort of covering the entire spectrum. Even Anthony Fauci uh, suggested that we'd be in a much better place as a country by fall. Do you see? Any light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to a 2020 college football season? Yeah, I do. So look, I, I think I'm I'm not one of the people that can go after Kirk like some did. I, he was asked his opinion, and he gave it based on what he knew at the time. You know, if you ask him today, his opinion may be different. I don't know. He may be more convinced that we're not going to play. He may not be as convinced as he was a week ago that they were not going to play football or at least not start it on time. Uh, I'm not even going to go the route of Mike Gundy. I think it's best. I just bite my tongue on on that one. Look, I I don't think we're going to do anything until it's safe. But I think this is something that's that's evolving, and I think it's it's positive that some of the things that that we've seen are showing in certain areas, and in, in Alabama to be specific, where it's maybe slightly better than it was a week ago, or where we were trending. But also, from what the experts say, if we're if we're not smart and we don't continue to to stay at home and stay at a distance from people, and we start to get together and congregate more until this thing is is by and large gone, we're going to have the same problem come back again. So hopefully, that's what's going to happen. Hopefully, everybody's washing their hands, staying at home, keeping their distance. It's not fun. It's not pleasant. It's not what we want. But it is what's necessary in order for our world to get back to normal again uh, and for our country because now we're 
I'm not going to say we're the last to have had it, but we're apparently among the last. And so now that we're dealing with it and dealing with it, at look, one life is too many to lose. And it's absolutely horrible. I cannot imagine those that have lost loved ones and, and what they're encountering and to not be able to be there and be by their bedside and hold their hands. That's tragic enough to lose them, period. But to have to do it in, in isolation and loneliness, that's incomprehensible to me that that, that would be uh, what these these individuals are dealing with. So, you know, hopefully we're, we're turning a corner on this and in life as we know it, for those that have not been directly impacted by the virus itself will return to normal very soon. But I think patience is the is the key on it. Being smart is very much a key as well. So when the time comes and they open the gates at Bryant-Denny Stadium, there will certainly be a sense of relief among the fan base, but you have to think that there will be a lingering fear over gathering with thousands of other people in a sporting venue, at least until, for instance, we have a working vaccine. And who even knows after that? How or when do you see those venues filling up again when we're given what amounts to a green light? Yeah, when we're given the green light, I, I do think it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm a handshaker. I'm a hugger. That's just kind of how I was raised. And, you know, will we be as quick to do that? How will people react? I was out front with my dog this morning and neighbor walking by and walks into the yard and, and is normal. I'm, I'm kind of walking towards them and then I, I stop myself. You know, I go, wait a minute, you know, I'm not supposed to be within six feet. And frankly, I haven't been, you know, within 20 feet of people outside of my, my wife and my two boys that are here. My, my daughter's, you know, been away at school and, and so I've seen her, but, you know, we kind of kept, kept the distance physically when she, uh, when she's here, I'm just, obviously because of the health deals that I have encountered, it's, I'm one of those people that approaching 50, uh, age still kind of works on my side a little bit, but the, the health struggles that I've had, I don't need to put myself at risk by being close to, to those that are outside of my home. So I haven't been close, you know, how are, how are we all going to be when, when we're all able to come together, how close are we going to want to get? That's, that's going to be very, very interesting to watch. I, I think we'll, I don't think we'll be back until it's time. And I think we'll try to get back to sense of normalcy, but I think we'll be more aware of who, what is around us. And hopefully everybody's, you know, turning their heads away from individuals and covering their mouths when they're coughing or sneezing. And it's going to be the type of thing we, we give a little more consideration to than we did once before. you've always come off as a person with a really positive mental attitude and you bring a lot of joy to a lot of people uh, with what you do as a broadcaster and to people who know you personally. Um, and you touched on this a little while ago in terms of time that you've spent with your family and the appreciation that you have for that. But how have you managed to stay positive during this whole thing? Well, I appreciate the kind words. First of all, Ben, I, I think we're responsible for our actions but I don't believe that I'm in control of my life. You know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I believe that God's in control of everything. I've got responsibility to, to do things as best I can according to, to uh, what I think his will is. But I know that there is a God and it ain't me. And so I trust him 
that things are going to go the route they're supposed to go. I try to do my best to be smart, though. I'm, I'm not just uh, going around and, and being around people. There are people a lot smarter than I are saying you need to be home and that I especially am in that category of people, as I said earlier, that, that needs to isolate myself somewhat at home and, and just stick around the house. I'm, I'm washing my hands more than I ever have. I'm limiting contact even with the family that I'm here under the same roof with to a, to a large measure. It's very different, but I'm also not, while I'm washing my hands, I'm not wringing my hands constantly. I don't, I don't live in fear of that because uh, I felt it before, but especially, I'm sorry to refer to it again, but what I've encountered medically myself over the last couple of years, I've seen miracles that God's performed and, and even more convinced that he's in charge and he's in control. And so uh, if I say that and I say that I believe that, then I have to, to trust him even in, in this historic circumstance as well that we're, we're dealing with. And I guess that's what I'm not going to lie to you and say I don't think about it first thing when I wake up each day. And I'm not going to tell you I maybe haven't slept as well as I did before. This, uh, this all started going on, but I also know that I'm not the one in, in charge of all of this and I've, I'm very much a believer in who is. And so, I guess my fear is is not what it might be otherwise. I appreciate that answer, Chris, and, and thank you so much for the time, and happy Easter to you. Same to you, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. My best to you and, uh, and all the listeners, and just appreciate the time. And again, the prayers and uh, kind words and thoughts that have, have come my way over the last several months, I'm, I'm extremely grateful for that from you and also so many that uh, may be listening right now as well. If you or anyone you know is affected by the coronavirus and want to share your story, please email bflanagan at al.com. That's B-F-L-A-N-A-G-A-N at al.com. For all our coverage of the outbreak and how it continues to impact Alabama, visit al.com slash coronavirus. If you like the show, please rate us and write a review. Thanks for listening.